praise in the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Um, Over 30 years ago, when I became a new Christian in my early, well, I'm not going to tell you, just so you'll be able to do the math then. (laughs) But... um, Back then, I, I'd read the gospel stories and I'd think, gosh, I so wish Jesus was still here so that I could go and be like Mary and sit at his feet and listen to him and wander through uh, Galilee and Judea and just see his miracles. And why couldn't he stay? Why did he have to go and ascend to the Father? Why couldn't he still be here with all of the benefits of his presence that his disciples had? But then I realized that, well, even though they were with him, they didn't always believe what he said. Uh, They'd seen his miracles and they heard his teachings and yet they deserted him at the cross and some of them even when he was teaching them about his body and blood that they would have to eat his flesh and drink his blood they left so his physical presence didn't necessarily mean faith and belief in him then but today's gospel says that he is he's come back and that his presence now is even more powerful than it was when he was physically present in his incarnation a new way of being very present with us he left but he returned He said this, very truly I tell you, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do. Will also do the works that I do. In fact, will do greater works than these because I am going to the Father. That should set us back on our heels. That Jesus says we will do the same works as he did, but in fact, greater works than these because he's going away and sending his spirit to be with us. That's how the spirit working in us Through the Spirit, we do greater works than Jesus did when he was in his incarnate body on earth. Just just sit with that for a minute right there. That's the power of the Holy Spirit that he promises to send. His very own life. His very own power. His own breath which is the creative breath of creation the ruach which is the wind and the breath of god which hovered over 
creation, at the beginning of all of creation. It was God's own breath, and that's what Jesus promises to send. He says, I will not leave you orphaned. I am coming to you. In a little while, the world will no longer see me. But you will see me because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will know that I am in my Father and you in me and I in you. Jesus promises his Holy Spirit so that he is in us. Through his Holy Spirit, his very own life. And he sends his Holy Spirit to be our helper. To help us accomplish that which he has given us to do, which is to spread his kingdom life into the world. To spread God's reign, God's will, God's ways, God's rule into earth's darkness. That's what he's given us to do. That's what he's commissioned every single Christian, not just the professionals, and we're not professionals, but, you know, that's the name that's given us, not just for those who have been called into the ordained ministry. Every single baptized Christian is commissioned to spread that kingdom way out into the world, but we don't do it except by the help of his Holy Spirit. And he promises that whatever we ask in his name, he will do it. Now, don't be confused. Just because you have a prayer and you tack on the end of it in Jesus' name, that that means he will do it. When he says this, he means that we are praying... In the Holy Spirit, we are praying according to the will of his Holy Spirit residing in us. That means if we listen to his Spirit who dwells in us, our prayers are the prayers of the Holy Spirit. And therefore, if we've asked in Jesus' name, we're praying Jesus' own prayers to God and he will do it because he's the one who's created, who is the beginning of that prayer in the first place. So he helps us and he answers our prayer. The Holy Spirit comes as comforter. Those of you who have uh, suffered a loss, whatever it might be, who grieve, who mourn, over someone, over something that's happened, where you're bereaved and you're at a loss. What you don't want is somebody coming and giving you the platitude with a pat on the back, there, there, it'll be all right. Right? You don't want to hear that right there. You want to cry out. Neither do you want somebody coming and saying, listen, the same thing happened to me. Let, you tell me you, let me tell you about my story. It is their time of grief. They don't necessarily want to hear your grief at that point in time. 
Neither do you want to hear it's God's will and it's okay. You know, that, that's not what you want to hear. Maybe down the road there are some of those things that can be entered into in conversation. But in the acuteness of grief, you just want somebody there. You just want somebody who's by you. You just want somebody who'll listen to you. Whatever you ramble on about, who just will be with you. And every once in a while, will give you a hug. Say, I'm there. I'm here. Just pour out your grief. It's okay. It's a safe place. You can be angry. You can be sad. You can cry your heart out. You can rage. That's what the comforter is. That's what God's Holy Spirit comes to do. It's Jesus himself who sits beside you, who is in you, to just be with you and hold you. The comforter, his Holy Spirit comes to be our helper, our comforter, and our advocate. In the Old Testament, the, the, the way one looked at the throne room of God was, was like a courtroom with the deceiver always accusing God's people. But the Holy Spirit is like our attorney who is always pleading on our behalf, who knows intimately our story. We don't need to speak because they can and they do on our behalf. In this case, it's the Holy Spirit who knows all of our needs before we even know what we need. That's the friendship. That's the power of the Holy Spirit to know us so deeply that before we even know we have a need, the advocate is pleading on our behalf, is praying for our protection before we even know that we need protection, is praying for all of those things in our lives that are good for us, is interceding for us. His Spirit comes to remind us of all that Jesus taught. He said, I have said these things to you while I am still with you, but the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all that I have said. And it's on this day that the Holy Spirit came as wind and fire on the disciples as they were waiting in the upper room. Fifty days after our Lord went through death into life, the Holy Spirit came upon all of the disciples. It's the fullness of the Feast of Pentecost that was in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, Pentecost 
was both an agricultural celebration and also a celebration of the giving of law. Fifty days after the angel of death passed over the houses of the Israelites who daubed the blood of lambs on their doorposts, the angel of death passed over their houses, and because of that, they were freed from slavery in Egypt, came through the Red Sea waters, and 50 days later found themselves at Mount Sinai. And Moses went up the mountain and came down the mountain with the law from God. And this is a feast where they celebrated the first fruits of the harvest, the beginning of the harvest that would come in its fullness later on. You see, our Pentecost, the Pentecost of the coming of God's Holy Spirit, of Jesus abiding in his people, is the fulfillment of that. When the Holy Spirit came upon the disciples in the upper room, it was the first fruits of the harvest, which will come in its fullness at the end of the age. But we are the workers in his harvest. Jesus says, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. We are all workers in his vineyard. The collect says that may we be empowered to preach the gospel. That doesn't mean that you are supposed to come up here and preach from here. Our lives are to be sermons. Our lives are to be lived out sermons into the world. That we are to extend through the power of the Holy Spirit dwelling in us, out into the world. God's Holy Spirit coming and dwelling in us. We receive his Holy Spirit at baptism. In Old Testament era, he gave a a portion of his Holy Spirit to different people for different things that needed to be doing. He sent his Holy Spirit when his temple was to be built because all of the architectural drawings and all of that were imbued with his Holy Spirit, but it was just for that project. But we hear in the prophecy of Joel that was read today in the Acts of the Apostles, Peter saw this. Peter saw that this day, this Pentecost day, was a fulfillment of this Old Testament prophecy. In the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams, even upon On my slaves, both men and women in those days, I will pour out my spirit. And they saw that God's spirit had been poured out, his Holy Spirit. You know, I I shared with you uh, when I was in Miami and had this amazing conversation with this uh, man who was... um, the word, the, uh, the question about born again came up. And he said, well, nobody can be born again. And I said, gosh, Nicodemus had that question. Uh, he said, how can somebody be born again? How can somebody go back into their mother's womb and be born again? And Jesus said, um, you have to be born again. 
But that word actually has a double meaning. It means born again or anew, but also born from above. And that's what happens to us. We're born first biologically from our mothers, but we're born anew through baptism because through the waters of baptism, we are marked as Christ's own forever, sealed in holy baptism. And the Holy Spirit, Jesus' own Spirit, comes and dwells in us. You and I are temples of the living God. You are a walking temple. That should both petrify us and encourage us. It's an awesome thing. You're like the temple on the Mount of Jerusalem, but greater still than that. We are living temples, living stones. You have God's own spirit within you. Don't grieve it. Allow it full reign. Allow him full reign. Because it's the person of Jesus Christ in his spirit who is in you. What a gift. But know this, you can't harness him. The spirit is like the wind, Jesus says. It goes where it wills to go. But it will only go and be in you insofar as you give him room. The more we fill ourselves up with other stuff, the less room there is for the Holy Spirit to be poured out. And that's the word, poured out. I'm not going to give you a trickle. I'm going to pour out my Holy Spirit into you. It's that wonderful phrase in the Psalms, pushed a good measure, pushed down, filled up overflowing but there's a way we can grieve God's Holy Spirit and there's less room in us for the power of the Holy Spirit to work in Ephesians 4 Paul says do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption get rid of all bitterness rage anger brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. When there's unforgiveness, when there's resentment, when there's anger or malice or slander, the Holy Spirit can't work in our lives. Now, that's an ongoing thing. This morning, I had to confess that very same thing and let it go and say, I am sorry, Holy Spirit, forgive me, come in anew. It's a day-by-day thing because the enemy will pull us into this fleshly way of life. What Paul says to the Romans, don't go back to that way. 
You've been given this gift. Receive the gift. Empty yourself of all that resentment so that you can be filled anew with God's Holy Spirit. But that means that we have to give our lives over to Jesus in his Holy Spirit life in our lives. We have to be completely surrendered to him because the Holy Spirit cannot be controlled. It's not a power that we own. It's not a power that we can say, do this for me or that. It's God's own power within us. Are we ready for wind and fire? For him to give direction to our lives? For his timing and not ours? For his will and not ours? For his glory and not ours? Because he's ready to pour out the abundance of his Holy Spirit to fill us anew, to help us, to comfort us, to plead for us. Will you pray with me now? Lord, reveal in us any places where we have been grieving your Holy Spirit. Lord, show us those places or those people that we need to forgive. Those sins that block the fullness of your Holy Spirit in our lives. Give that over to God. Let it go. Let the weight go. Just let it rise up from you. And then open yourselves up. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Jesus. Come, life of the Spirit. Fill us anew. Pour your Holy Spirit into our lives. That we may be filled with your power, with your life, and then use us and give us your peace. The peace that only your Holy Spirit can give. The peace that passes all understanding. Amen.